0: Hey y'all, welcome to New Slang. I'm your host, music journalist Thomas Mooney. This is episode 133, where I'm joined by songwriter Sam Morrow. Sam is releasing Getting By on Getting Down, his newest set of songs, this Friday, October 30th. Though he's from the Houston area, Sam has been out in Los Angeles for a while, and, and that certainly has rubbed off on him and influenced the storytelling and the style of a lot of these songs. I think we're all guilty of it, believing that. LA is just kind of like this place for movie stars and reality stars and like fashion icons and, and so on. You know, kind of like the the lifestyles of the rich and famous. But really, LA is way more of a working class city than any of us give it credit for. Yeah, like the, the lower bowl of like Laker games at Staples Center, that may be filled with movie stars and hip hop and rock stars, wealthy film executives and so on. But the reason that place is so loud is because of all those hardworking folks who are in the middle class who make up the rest of the arena. I know that probably all sounds a little left field, but I've really been thinking about it since having this conversation with Sam. He's been mentioning how he's really been inspired and influenced more and more by Los Angeles bands and local culture, which again, we kind of dismiss since there is such an influx of people always heading towards L.A. from other places. But as we discussed during this podcast, there is such a rich, storied history of of local bands and local culture. And I think Sam really taps into a lot of that with this new album. No one really likes a name dropper, but I remember Ray Wiley Hubbard one time saying to me about how One of the things he always looks for in a song is grit and groove and tone and taste. Now, I'm not sure if that's four things or just two, but at any rate, I think a lot of these songs have that grit and groove, have that tone and taste. Can I say that there's a little bit of this greasy edge to them as well? I'm going to say that, that there's like this slick, greasy sharpness to them as well. That mix of like ZZ Top and Little Feet, maybe some of that Tony Joe White country swagger. Some of that country funk that comes in today's presenting sponsor is desert door texas Soto. if you know anything about me it's probably that i'm from the heart of west texas and absolutely love everything about west texas and that's really why i love desert door so much you may be asking yourself what exactly Soto is well it's a premium spirit that's similar to a tequila or a mezcal but for my money It's a little bit more refined and smooth. There's a sweetness and faint hints of vanilla and citrus. And it's also as versatile as your garden variety vodka. At its core, Desert Door is authentically West Texas. They go out and harvest soto plants from the wild and bring them back to their distillery over in Driftwood, Texas. So next time you're at your local liquor store, get a bottle of Desert Door. For more info, check this episode's show notes. If this is your first time listening to New Slang, I strongly suggest hitting that subscribe link. If you just did, I'm giving you a virtual high-five right now. New Slang is over on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and basically any and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Go check out the New Slang merch store. Grab a koozie, some stickers, buttons, and magnets. Any bit helps. I'll throw a link into the show notes. And if you're into playlists, go check out Tom Mooney's Cup of Coffee and the Neon Eon playlists over on Spotify. The Neon Eon is for all your nostalgic 90s country needs, which there's going to be more Neon Eon related stuff coming your way pretty soon. And then Tom Mooney's Cup of Coffee is a regularly updated mix of new Americana and country music. It's also a really great hint at who I have coming up on the podcast. So yeah, go follow those. All right, I think that's about it for this part. Let's get on to the interview. Here is Sam Morrow. There's been this little bit of a, a learning curve switching over to the phone and everything, but... Oh, yeah, um, sure. <laughs> trying a lot to, of learning curves lately, too. Yeah, it's, it's been... This, that's one of those weird things, I guess, that I don't think a lot of people have... Um, they just kind of take it for granted, but talking with a lot of people these last few months... Um, just all this kind of stuff, like, you know, any kind of like, um, live streams, and all that stuff, you just think, oh yeah, that's easy to set up. And then you start uh, yeah. setting it up and then you're like, actually know what, to make it any good, <laughs> uh, yeah. you, you watch a couple of YouTube videos. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, it takes, yeah,
1: it's, I mean, I even like invested in just getting like a little, you know, um, I just kept watching people doing them and like, I was like, and I not like shit, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and so I was like, before I do it, I guess I'll like buy like a little, um, interface or something. And then I did a couple, um, and I was
0: like, I hate doing this. So I just kind of stopped. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's weird. Cause like the, um, like, the stuff that's, like, probably, like, two or three, three or four songs, 30 minutes long, like, that's a little bit more my style. Like, I'll just, you know, yeah, yeah. I'll watch that. But it's hard to, I don't know, like, there's just a disconnect for me on totally, watching the, a live stream. I mean, it's
1: like, you're just, like, playing and, like, looking at yourself, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it just sucks, you know? I've been doing, like, these little things on, on like, Instagram Live and just like having like another artist come on and just like kind of talking to them for like 30 minutes, maybe playing a couple songs or something. I like doing that much more than, you know, like playing to myself, basically. I mean, yeah, there's people typing and shit, but, you know, it's.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I hated
1: doing it, man. I, I, I figured that out pretty early on in the whole COVID thing.
0: Yeah, it's uh, after every song, like the the artist is leaning in, trying to read, squinting. Yeah, uh, the screen's yeah. never like real close or anything. Yeah. So then it's like, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks, guys, for whatever you said there. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. 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 I did this. Uh, um, I did like a. It's like a pre-recorded live stream thing, I guess. It's not live, but they're going to stream it with like the Echo Plex, like a live nation venue out here and they were like yeah just you know act like it's a show um and so like you know after i played the first song i just sort of like froze (laughs) i was like what the fuck do i say like you know thanks guys like no one's clapping you know um i don't know man it's just uh not having a crowd is it's I'd rather have one person, which I've played to one person plenty of times, you know? Um, But I'd definitely rather have at least one person, at least the sound guy, you
0: know? Right. Yeah, well, I mean, it's there's no matter the, there's like an energy, no matter if it is that one person or if there is, you know, a substantial crowd. It's, uh, I mean, like that's obviously what you've been doing your entire, this entire time. And then like everything's just flipped over. Uh, It would be, it would be equally as weird. If all we had done up until this point in history was play uh, live feeds, and then all of a sudden one day we we're like, we can't do that anymore. <laughs> we have to play live. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty funny actually. Yeah, hey, no, you're right, man. I mean, I mean, for me, though I, I
1: like, I I just feed off the crowd. You know, like if the crowd is like lazy and dreary, I have trouble you know, getting up and enthusiastic and then vice versa, you know, like if the crowd's excited, it's really easy for me to get excited. You know, um, I should probably improve on that because I, I just kind of meet the crowd where they are. But I think I've heard that real entertainers just put on the, the same good show every night, but I don't know. I have trouble doing that. <laughs> yeah. So when there's no crowd, it's just, it's tough, man. You know?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, like it's, I can under, I see what you're saying, especially because what I relate it to is like if I'm doing an interview with someone who's like just not answering questions that well, or like, and I mean that in like the the short way, you start looking at the clock and you're like, is time, is it going backwards now? Like, (laughs) you know, right. Yeah. Just
1: phoning it in, man. Yeah. No, I totally, I mean, I've been on the other side of that too, where like, right. I'm just getting asked, shitty questions you know yeah how'd Um, you get your band name um like yeah yeah like you know i I don't know i don't want to say any just in case you're gonna ask me later (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i'm joking with you man um yeah i i don't know it's just all about connection and i think that's that's where this covid thing is like as i think we've realized how much we maybe take that for granted hopefully we come out of it better for that you know right um but yeah man i mean I'm, I'm glad that i at least you know i live with my girlfriend and a, and a couple dogs and you know i'm i'm f- super fucking glad i've had them you know i, I would have gone uh i don't know how i would have fared solo throughout all this you know
0: yeah well that's the i guess talking with a lot of songwriters and stuff during this time you know it is the um i guess like the the big conversation piece i guess that i've connected with and that we've that have just been brought up is it's so easy to just waste time especially if because there is no we've lost our sense of of weekdays and and what time it right. is and like any kind of normalcy that we've kind of had established for you know hundreds of years, and um it's just easy to just kind of drift out of that and and lose your sense of focus um, right. obviously, so many a lot of the people I've talked with it's it's interesting because it's not like all these people are going, "Oh yeah, I've got a new record written, or I've got you know a bunch of songs written yeah. during this time." Yeah. Cause it's such a, there's a weirdness to it. Like, and I don't think it necessarily works like that for everyone where you can just wake up at eight and start uh, writing a song at nine and be done at lunch and then do it the same thing the next day. They've been like right. other stuff. So in relation uh, to that, to you, like, what have you been doing, doing during this time that, you know, is just kind of giving you some, some balance, I guess. And felt like you you've been productive
1: um yeah i mean towards the beginning of of uh quarantine it uh you know people kept asking me you know are are you are you writing a bunch of songs right now like you must be you must have like two records worth and i'm like no you know like i'm just i'm just like coping right now you know I'm not I'm not even thinking about writing you know and I think that's okay like for artists to I think it's important for artists to know that for them it would have been important I mean it's, it's gotten a little bit more lax now it's not not as intense as it was there at the beginning but you know I just slowly like I was just kind of like taking care of my mental health and Um, you know, I had like a lot of anxiety at the beginning of all this, um, which then leads to depression. And, um, so for me, it was like, I had to take care of myself first and then, you know, slowly I, I, I got a little more productive. I, I'm like kind of a, I kind of task-based, you know? So if I'm like, you know, okay, I'm gonna write a bunch of shit down. I'm gonna write a to do list, and I'll just kinda of check it off you mm-hmm. know um so for me, it was just like you know spending at least you know an hour playing guitar or you know spending mm-hmm. like at least an hour just sort of like or not an hour, but you know twenty thirty minutes doing uh just sort of like freehand writing, you know um and then uh you know i started meditating a lot more which i hadn't really done um in like years really maybe like four or five years um that helped me out a lot um and then just i play a lot of video games man (laughs) i'll be totally honest (laughs) with you um it's just like for me it was like just a way to escape you know because the world the world's i mean the world sucked for a while you know um at least, at least I, I felt like it did, you know? So I needed an escape and, and sometimes guitar just like wasn't really enough. Cause what I missed was playing music with people. That's what I love about music. and was just playing music with people. So when I'm just in my apartment playing by myself with, with my girlfriend who can't sing a tune, um, it's just not the same. Yeah. You know? yeah. The- so it's got it's gotten better. You know, I've, I've been writing a little bit, um, but try not to put too much pressure on myself.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, like that's the, at the very beginning, you're right. Like it was such a, cause I think it since it was so new, it was such yeah. um, people were just watching Netflix or like, you know, playing video games. Like you said, just doing stuff like that, yeah. that you would kind of do like on a, a lazy Sunday because like, you just, I think it's a combination of like that. A lot of that stuff is just like so easy. It, it helps you cope with like what we're, takes your mind off of what's going on outside. But then also right. like, I think like, we didn't know how long this was, how it was going to last. You know what I mean? If like, yeah, so exactly. like, if if it's like, Oh, I'm not going to start a new, I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to start learning how to, I don't know. Um, a new trade uh, or yeah, something. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. Um, because, like, I'm going to have to give it up in two weeks or something like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think, like, early on, yeah, there was very much that just um, – just in, like, no man's land of just kind of right. uh, not knowing any answers, really. And then, like, at some point then it was like, oh, yeah, actually this is going to be a lot longer. And, uh, you know, just for me on my personal end, you know, it was like, okay, um. Well, let's just start podcasting more. And so that's obviously what... Yeah. This episode is in part brought to you by The Blue Light Live here in Lubbock, Texas. There is a way to help, A, support Blue Light, and B, get a sense of that normalcy by visiting bluelightlubbock.com, clicking on the merch tab, and getting some koozies, a vast array of t-shirts and caps, and yes, even a Blue Light flag. While it is such a bummer that live music is still on hold right now, I'm telling you, by getting some Blue Light Live merch, you're going to feel better. It just feels better wearing a t-shirt and ball cap and helping support your favorite bar. Again, that's bluelightlubbock.com. Click on the merch tab, get some merch. All right, back to the episode. Yeah, so like what... Okay, go into the video games. Like what, what do you... What's your... <laughs> I got, I got
1: really into it. Well, first of all, you mentioned Netflix. One of the things that me and my, my chick did at the beginning of quarantine was, uh, and I'm ashamed to admit this, but we started Jersey Shore from the very beginning <laughs> and, uh, and watched the whole damn thing. Um, and we're, like, all caught up, like, reunion. We've seen the reunions and shit. <laughs> like, we... I I have to say I'm a Mike The Situation fan now, man. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it it was just like so good for our brains, though, you know, just like mindless, like don't have to think too much. You laugh here and there. Um, That was like medicine for us at the the beginning of all this. But yeah, I I shifted into video games. Um, (laughs) I got really into this video game called Overwatch and it's it's actually like it's it's been out for like four years and and there's actually like an overwatch league where it's team's like it is a two la team san francisco there's a houston team a dallas team a france or not france but paris london bunch of um like seal and um teams in japan and stuff so it's like an international sort of like esport thing like i was watching they just had like the playoffs or something. They show it on YouTube and I logged in for a second and there was like 120,000 people watching the, uh, the play to the esports playoffs online. It was pretty wild, but man. it's like a first person shooter kind of fantasy ish, super nerdy, man. I'm not even going <laughs> to, not even going to front about that. Like it's full nerd, but, um, yeah, man, it was just like another thing to just sort of distract me. And, you know, I've sort of let up on it a little bit now, but, um, yeah, just I need, I needed stuff like that to just kind of take my mind off of what was going on. I had to just totally unplug from the news, you know, uh, mm-hmm. for a good while. It was just, you know, it was just not healthy for me, man. It was just a lot of like, Doomsday and, um, you know, there, I had to find a line between like being informed and keeping my sanity, you know? Right. <laughs> um, and it, it took me, it took me a few weeks to do that, but you know, I kind of figured out the, the, uh, concoction that worked for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I think we're in such a weird time, um, where, this is something that like our grandparents really didn't have to think about was because um, as far as like their, their uh, news consumption, because like there were so few outlets for them to, to to get from. And now like you can just like watch the news literally every waking moment and you can be watching the news and then like streaming something else newsworthy and then be on Twitter and just it's like, like you can't the, avoid the news yeah. man you know um, it's
1: it's it's not even just like oh i'm gonna watch the news it's like nah, i gotta like turn off the notifications on my phone right you know it's 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 a whole different thing but yeah that's a good point they don't they didn't have to really also like the news that they got for the most part was singular mm-hmm. you know there wasn't like a whole lot of opinions um I mean, there was still maybe like right and left, you know, um, maybe, maybe two opinions, but it was kind of like they turned on Walter Cronkite or whoever, and, and that's, that's who they got their news from. Right. Yeah. Now we have like CNN, Fox, and, you know, CNBC, and there's all the outline or online outlets and they're all saying different things,
0: you know? Um, Yeah. No, that's nah. it's, that's something that yeah. I know like we, even back like, you know, when I was in college, we talked about that in classes where, um, yeah, like the, the singular voice for our parents and our grandparents and, you know, further back was that like what it meant was like the, the news had to be um, more fair and balanced. I know I just stole that from Fox, but like legit yeah. fair and balanced since they're and, the most fair and balanced. So. And, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and now like it, it is very much a, we're in this like culture where, um, now on, on a, on a lot of things, as far as pop culture goes, this is a great, cause you're able to like tap in and find your own, your tribe, you know, like just right. whatever you're into, you can find those people. But what it also means is like the the echo chamber of of where you get your news. You're just getting what you want to hear, and if that's like all the yeah. good news, that's what you want to hear. And if that's all like the bad news, like these people are horrible, you you're gonna you're able to tap into that too. And um, yeah, it, it's really interesting how I guess like alarming and scary that can be, and like. Like you're saying like earlier, you got to like find where your line is, where you're, right, yeah. um, where it's-, yeah, it's just a very, it's a very personal thing now, you know, like,
1: and to be honest, like, if you asked me where I got my news, like, if there was sort of a, if you asked me for like one place that I trusted, uh, I couldn't give you one, man. You yeah. Know? Um. And that's pretty sad, but it it just sort of is what it is. And that's part of the reason that I just had to sort of unplug, you know, um, and just try and, like I said, try and stay informed, um, like, as to what's going on. But, you know, for a while, like, they'd be like, oh, they just opened up restaurants, like, like two weeks ago. And I was like, I didn't know that, you know, (laughs) um, (laughs) But like, why? Why does it matter? Like, I wasn't going to eat, you know. So, and that that like that applies to a lot of things. Like, it's 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 like we get, I would get anxious about things that like didn't even affect me that I heard, you know. It was all these hypotheticals. Um, so why why like pollute my mind with that?
0: You know. Yeah. Yeah. No. But no. And uh, yeah. I mean, it's I'm easily. I talked with someone the other day about this, how, like, sometimes I just, like, let my mind race on the hypotheticals that are just never actually going to happen, so, oh, or, yeah, like, that are yeah. not applicable to me. So it's, like, okay, take a breath, you know, step back, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Also, though, I want to go back onto something you were talking about with Jersey Shore and, like, you know, your don't judge me kind of thing. Actually, you know, I think that, like, a lot of quote unquote trash TV is kind of like a a nice necessary um, way to just kind of, you know, not think about things and just watch. Cause like um, back in the day I was kind of like real world obsessed. I don't know. Did you ever watch that?
1: A little bit. We, we like honestly after Jersey Shore, cause my girlfriend is she's seen like all of it, you know, she's been watching that for years, but I just had never really, so she was like, Oh, we should try the season of the, of the real world. And Yeah. I mean, it, I didn't like it as much, but it's the same thing. You yeah, know, it's the same kind of mindless, just like a way to unwind, you know?
0: Yeah. It's, it's always, um, <laughs> I don't know. Like it's, it's so funny how it just, um, a, like, I guess like watching it now versus like watching it as like a 15 year old kid is like so like your mind is so different where you're like um i guess like now you can see like man they just manipulate these people so hardcore (laughs) like like the producers are just like yeah and
1: and especially like the more that you watch of it you know you you can almost like guess what's gonna happen you know um just like if it's a you know a drama or something you know you can kind of you can kind of guess, you know, cause yeah. there's people behind the scenes like, you know, puppet masters. Um, but for some reason, it's just I just don't care. You know, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. Just, you know, I just love it. You know, it's it's even though I might know it's what's going to happen. There's still like an element of surprise and like happiness that comes out of it. Um, and, you know, a lot of people dog on it and, you know, that's that's fine. But I think. You know, as long as you don't fucking worship it, why not watch it if it makes you feel good? Yeah.
0: Well, that's Um, the show that I watch now, and I haven't watched, I haven't kept up with it lately, lately. But the uh, the ninety day fiance stuff is just like,
1: oh dude, I checked out a little (laughs) bit of that. Oh man. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, I kept seeing memes of that guy.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: the guy with no neck. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, uh, Big Ed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Big Ed. Yeah, Big Ed. I kept seeing, like, memes of him, and I was like, damn, I got to check that out. Um, so I watched, like, a few episodes of it, and, you know, I didn't get, like, fully immersed in it, but, I mean, yeah. It, I think another thing that kind of made it... uh like especially especially good during quarantine is like i wasn't like i wasn't interacting with people you know and it almost felt like it it gave me a sense of i know they call it reality television but it gave me like a, a bit of a sense of reality while i was stuck in a weird reality in my apartment it gave me like a sense of normalcy you know yeah um even though like me going to clubs on a jersey Shore isn't normal but <laughs> <laughs> it uh who knows maybe i'll start you know maybe that'll be maybe i'll be like it, i'll start spiking my hair i'll be a dj next record or yeah, something that's like that's what that, i was gonna say know?
0: trade your guitar in for <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. i'll know. start fist pumping and hey <laughs> you know doing the whole deal man you yeah know? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think it, for a lot of reasons it was just you know it's it served a, a purpose for me you know yeah and my girl you know?
0: yeah the the thing that I am just kind of amazed on in with specifically with the ninety day fiance thing is just how much content they have just like gotten out of just the premise of the show where it's like yeah they have the show but then they have like other people watching the show. So you're just watching <laughs> them react, like literally just like reaction videos. And that's, Yeah. that's kind of like, man, you guys probably put in so little into that budget. And yet less work yeah. than you're doing right now. Probably, you know, <laughs> exactly. It's, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's just, yeah.
1: But I mean, it's just, all the zoom calls and stuff like that, they put on there and yeah, man, it's, uh, <laughs> And the thing that blows my mind about that show is just like i like i'm I'm just so f- far from understanding those people's thought process process you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and it just fascinates me it's like seeing it's like seeing an alien you know um i mean i'm not I'm not dogging any of those people they're just but their thought process is just so different than mine that it's fascinating, yeah, know? the psychology of it is. Fascinating.
0: Well, that's I, – I don't think – I don't want to, like, go too far. into the yeah, reality TV episode. But, like, <laughs> but one of the things that I find really interesting, and you said, you know, it gives you a, a – it gave you a sense of reality in this moment. What's fascinating, too, is, is, like, how you are watching these guys or these people, and you're like, they – yeah, there's this, this alien aspect of it. They are detached from reality in a lot of cases right. where you're like, yeah. w- what? what is this guy? Um, I'm blanking on a few names here, but like they're definitely like everyone is reading the situation this way. And then he's like, no, 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 it's this way. Uh, we are getting married. And like, it's like, dude, right. you've never yeah. even met her. Like, what are you talking about? Um but I digress. We'll we'll move on. Um, yeah, we can we can we should start
1: like a reality TV podcast, man. That's what <laughs> we need to do.
0: Uh, yeah, the, just like the reality show trash podcast. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I
1: And mean, two two guys talking about that. I don't think has happened yet. Maybe. Maybe females talking about it, but I don't think there's two guys talking
0: about it. Yeah. Like, talking the, the about most the psychology I've, of it and shit. The most I've <laughs> seen has been like um there's probably like a thousand bachelor, bachelorette podcasts. And oh, like, yeah. I know the ringer yeah. has one and that usually has like um two or three people talking. And I know that like Bill Simmons used to be like really into real world and robots oh, really? and stuff like that. That's yeah. Funny. And, uh, so that's, he's had a few people on in the past, probably not in like the last five or six years, but it's so funny. Like (laughs) Bill Simmons is like the, the king of all of the real world stuff. And so, I don't know. It's, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, (laughs) because I'm, I'm just laughing because he's had these, these moments where he's, um, you know, like the challenges, like where they would have, like, there's like very little, athletic like it there's no by no means is it lebron james out there versus you know uh jimmy right, butler right. uh but it's like you know you know um alcoholic 30 year old dudes who have been like on a two-week bender basically uh mm-hmm. fighting in the sand and then like you know bill's kind of going well who do you think is like the most athletic if you had to like put a million bucks on line, like who's the most like he's <laughs> like the best uh you know, competitor out of the bunch or whatever. And that that's just like, man, it's <laughs> Bill, you're, you're thinking way too much about this. <laughs> yeah. But that's like, that's his
1: reality. Like, and he's, he's like trying to put in context, his reality into their reality. And that's, what's fascinating about it, man. It's, 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 the realities are different. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I don't know. We could get, we can get into the whole time as a flat circle thing. But, Oh, man. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, yeah, reality TV, man. We'll start the podcast. We'll talk about it on our new podcast.
0: Yeah, well, um, let's we'll do that. I'm, and I'm serious if you want to. <laughs> yeah, um, let's do it. <laughs> obviously, though, you have this new record coming out at the end of the month. And, you know, for I guess for starters, like, I'm assuming you had basically all the record ready and prepped before – uh, the beginning of quarantine. Is that correct? Or was there any stuff you had to go back in and yeah. do? Yeah. I mean, it was
1: uh, like the record itself, like the music mm-hmm. was all done last year. Um, so yeah, it had, it had been done and, you know, we had to do like the artwork and, and stuff like that or all the, pretty much all yeah. of it was ready to go. Um, Like we did a lot of the single art, um kind of during quarantine but like the cover art was there and um you know we just had to figure out if it was a good time to release music and i think it is you know i think i think it was it is um you know i think a lot of people are just like on their computers or i think there's a a hunger and and a thirst for new music right now um also like selfishly like i recorded this record last year like i just wanted to get, get it out there you
0: know right uh, yeah that's I
1: didn't always sit on it till we started touring again like i want to record another record by the time we start touring again
0: you know yeah well that's always the part about i guess like the album making process is that you know by the time it's out most of the time you you have been around the songs for A long time about you know at least a year or something eight months or whatever the case is most of the time it's it's in that that time and so obviously in this time you know tacking a tack on a few more months and you know I I think I guess like what I would always be worried about is like by the time these songs are out by the time this record's out am I kind of like not excited about these songs anymore and, right. you know, yeah. and, and you don't necessarily want that, that time to pass like that. Feeling. Right.
1: So, well, it's even tougher because like, you know, I think it's, I think it's natural to, to feel unexcited, like with the, for the songs, like, you know, a year or so after by the time it's released, but what, what personally like uh, reinvigorates my Excitement for them is playing it live. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they, because my show, they kind of, kind of changes from night to night. We kind of, you know, just free ball it a little bit, (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, and, uh, yeah, but I'm missing that right now. You know, I'm missing like kind of staying excited about it by playing them and and having them be fresh. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm definitely missing part of it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, also like with, with a show, like I know for so many people, when it comes to new material, you know, that's such a a great, for lack of a better term, like a, a place to test out songs and test out how, the feel of a song, a song should be. Um, right. And I know, like, obviously, so there's there's a camp out there that is more on the, they don't play songs until the record's out kind of thing. But, you know, a lot of bands are playing, you know, every weekend and going on long tours. That's just kind of the 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 thing to do is like working in new songs that are not necessarily released and and seeing yeah. how they, they grow. And so I can see like that kind of being a, maybe like you kind of getting an antsy on any kind of new stuff that you're working on currently as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, <clears throat> I'm not really one that, you know, holds songs back or anything. Like, if I have a song that I want to play and it's, like, maybe not released yet, well, that doesn't really matter to me. We'll still play it, you know? Um, and there were some of these songs that, you know, I've been playing live since, like, last summer, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, So that's, like, almost a year and a half, but, um, a year and a half ago. Um, so yeah, definitely what keeps me excited about the song is playing live and, you know, obviously not, not doing too much of that these days. And it's weird to like talk to, talk to like you about it because you're in Texas and like they're playing shows, you know, um, right. a lot more than they are here, you know. Um, so it, it, it's interesting for me to, To see that, you know, and people are asking me like, you know, when I think I'll be on the road again and, you know, I've had some venues in Texas reach out to me, but, you know, for me being in L.A. and, you know, to go to uh, all these venues and basically make 50% of the money that I would make normally, it's like doesn't make sense to me or doesn't make sense for me, you know.
0: Yeah, um, well, and also it a little tougher. I know, like a lot of places, even though that they they are open here, it's not like you know they're open. A lot of places they're not open like their regular hours or their regular days. Like just for example, Blue Light, you know that's it's always been open Monday through Saturday, and mm-hmm. so you know having those Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights. I guess they're open Thursdays right now, but like right now they're only doing like thursday friday saturday um and so that's and then also like uh, if you're going on tour um and i say like if you if you came to texas to do something like that you would have to how long would you have to stay in texas to to make it worthwhile you know so like it's yeah. such a weird yeah, i don't know i mean strange, i'd have to kind of look
1: at the is isn't it you know, like 50% capacity or something yeah, like that. There's, like,
0: they've yeah. been messing with, I don't know. I think it may be up to 75 now, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's not at the, the same levels as, as everyone's accustomed to. So it is this, um, just this weirdness of it all. You know, so. yeah. This episode is in part brought to you by Austin, Texas's wild gallery, a virtual art gallery featuring traditional and contemporary art by Native American artists. As you're probably aware, I'm not just an avid fan of music and film and novels. I absolutely love visual art as well. And as you probably also know if you've been listening to New Sling for a while, you'll know just how often songwriters, they also dabble in various other mediums and are largely also inspired by other artists. One of the giant reasons I was drawn to Wild Gallery is that all of the art is produced by native american artists not only produced by but inspired and influenced by other native american artists history tradition nature stories music and just culture in general if you head over to wild.gallery that's w y l d gallery you'll see exactly what i mean i've spent probably an hour scrolling and clicking through the various pieces there's just some incredible pieces featured and such a vast array of styles as well. Everything from newer pieces inspired by both like the American West and a bright and bold pop art feel to more traditional fine art oil on canvas paintings. And then obviously there's plenty of pieces inspired by Native American traditions as well. Like I mentioned earlier, they're currently a virtual gallery. What's so great about that for you is that you're able to purchase these pieces from anywhere. and With Christmas coming up, they'd make perfect gifts. Talk about just like one of a kind, unique, and probably more importantly, well thought out gifts that'll excite anyone from your parents, your grandparents, your in-laws, siblings, yourself, really just whoever. And also, I'll be perfectly frank, it's time we have this talk. With everyone working at home these past few months, I've been on so many Zoom calls and I've seen so many Zoom call screenshots on social media, and we really need to talk about some of y'all's home office spaces. Too often, it's just that generic desk, maybe a poster that you had from college, uh, maybe a calendar or like a whiteboard that you write on, and just those bare, bland walls. I'm just saying, we've all been there, but like right now would be the absolute perfect time to fill those walls with some great art. Go visit Wild Gallery and order a handful of these paintings that'll just really spruce up your background and make you look a little bit more adult and lively. When you're surrounded by art, you're more productive, you're more creative, and let's just face it, you're more happy. For me, that's why I fill up my walls with different art, because obviously, you walk by them multiple times a day, and you're able to like just take those little moments, you're able to appreciate all that effort and energy that was put into the art, and Hopefully that kind of inspires you to go on and do more stuff in your day. Again, that's wild with a Y. I'll throw a link into the show notes as well as share some of my favorite pieces on Instagram and Twitter. I already have a few earmarked because I'll be ordering them soon myself. Again, that's Austin, Texas's Wild Gallery featuring a blend of traditional and contemporary art by some of the most gifted Native American artists. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Yeah,
1: I know they're starting to like, I think they just opened up Third and Lindsley in Nashville, and you know they're, I, I, they're they're doing like some drive-in stuff out here. Um, like I went and saw Los Lobos the other night, like a drive-in show, and it was cool. I I think they're starting to figure out some stuff out here, but out here, like, um, I, I don't even think that restaurants are allowed to serve people inside. Um, like every restaurant. Mm-hmm. it has to, like you have to be outside eating um so yeah it's obviously it's a little stricter out here and um and so i think it'll just be a little slower to get back to get back to that but i also saw like i think leon bridges is playing the troubadour um pretty soon i thought i saw that on instagram
0: yeah now that you mentioned i don't that, know i man. think i saw that too <laughs> yeah no i i think i saw that same post that you're talking about um yeah yeah the uh you mentioned Los Lobos just a second ago. I was reading uh, some of the things you were saying about this. Was you you were kind of wanting some of that East LA vibe on this record, as well as you know, like the the typical uh, sounds that we've been accustomed to hearing from you. Um, obviously, you you do live out in LA right now. Um, what is that kind of like? I guess uh, I I don't want to say necessarily a new development, but something like a band like Los Lobos that you've, have you grown an appreciation for them since you've been out there, I guess is what I'm asking.
1: Yeah. uh, Yeah, definitely. And I'm not really sure that it's because I live out here that I've I was just sort of like more introduced to them, like in the last, you know, six or seven years. Mm -hmm. Um, like I had kind of known about them, like, you know, La Bamba and and uh, a right. few of their other songs. Um, but, like, really starting to, like, dive into their records, like, Colossal Head and Kiko. And, um, you know, some of the, like, records that, like, Chad Blake did with, like, most of the time they had Jack Shit, which is, uh, actually, not Jack Shit, but um, Jack Shit is, like, Elvis Costello's band, basically. Um, and Pete Thomas is the drummer. And so Pete Thomas it's like one of my favorite drummers he jumped on like three records of theirs anyways i'm going on a on a weird tangent but um yeah i think one of the things that i wanted to do with this record um is kind of showcase a little bit of like what what kind of music there has been or is in la um i think like la is a lot of the times just associated with like pop nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like a lot more too. Like there's like the sort of Topanga Canyon sound, which is like Neil Young and, and Little Feet and Bonnie Raitt, um, um, And then like East LA is, you know, Los Lobos. Um, and then. There's, like, L- Laurel Canyon, which th- that happens. There's, like, two documentaries out now on Laurel Canyon, But there's, there's like, a really rich music history here that, I don't know, I feel like doesn't get talked about enough. Maybe it's because, like, when you think L.A., you just think Hollywood. You think movies. You think TV. Um, but there's a lot of, like, cool music that was birthed here. You know, Frank Zappa, you know, um... I don't know like something just kind of came over me that I wanted to sort of make a bit of an l a record you know um, yeah i think I think we kind of added a added a little bit of those ingredients kind of everywhere on the record,
0: yeah, you know it's this this l a thing is that's it's really interesting. I've thought about that a little bit in the past about how the um, I guess like it, it, it's attached to the Hollywood thing that you're talking about, but also like, you know, there's just being so many people from uh, other States and other cities who flocked to <clears throat> LA. Right. Obviously. Um, a, I bet a part of it probably has to do with like San Francisco having a little bit more, um, I guess like part of the, 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 just the, the '60s culture, the '70s culture of like right. Grateful Dead and and any of the hippie kind of movement stuff being from up there. But you know, if you if you think back, like you know, LA is there. There is so much uh, diversity when it comes to the music. Yeah, uh, everything from Beach Boys to Tupac, or you know what I mean. It's it's right. There's so much.
1: Yeah, Beach Boys. That's another one, man. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it, it is like I guess like. At some point though i think we we lost the um all those like i guess those touchstones for for l a and then for most people you, you just kind of think of just like your generic rock and roll but like
1: right. you know just think about and it there, right there's now, also
0: like, the whole like like
1: hairband movement. Yeah. That's what I was actually going to say. That is, that's easy to hate, you know, Yeah, or easy to love, whatever. Or easy to make fun of. I'll say that, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's, it's, it's interesting to just to, to, I guess, unfold that is like to go past that just generic top layer of culture of what you think LA is because yeah, there, there is everything from as all those bands you mentioned, uh, the birds, there's obviously, if you you right. kind of go further east and go into, it's easy to, like, also tap into all the, the Joshua Tree stuff that's, in my right. opinion, at least associated with L.A., so.
1: Yeah, it's, like, grand Parsons, and then, you know, if you even go, like, all the way out to Bakersfield, but, mm-hmm. you know, everyone, the Bakersfield is kind of its own thing. Like, it's everyone sort of associates I mean, that's its own sound almost, you know, the Bakersfield sound. They just kind of call it that with Dwight and Merle and, you know, all those guys. But, yeah, I mean, L.A. is, like, easy to hate, man, um, for sure. It's There's, like, there's a lot wrong with it. There's a lot that um, it's just easy to hate, you know, so people will just sort of label it one thing that they know about it that they don't like and then just write it off. But, Yeah. um, and it, I, dude, I, I have like a healthy hatred for LA too and I've lived here for 10 years. Um, but there's like, what, like 10 million people that live in LA County or something like that. Like you can find your groove, like you can find your group of people. Mm-hmm. You can find your clique, whatever. Um, Cause it's there, you know, it's definitely there. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter what you are or, or, um, you know, what you like, you can find it in LA, you know, it might not be the biggest scene and, but you know, um, but if you look for it, it's there. Um, so it's, it's just very diverse. And like, if you really dig into the culture here, it's like, it's deep, you know? Yeah. Um, That's what people just sort of get lazy about. And, and, uh, you know, like I said, it's easy, it's easy to hate, you know?
0: Right. Well, I think what it is, is it's, it's the same way that, um, any place that you kind of go to where people are getting quote unquote record deals or like getting, putting in the movies or anything like that. And that's Nashville, New York, uh, LA, Austin, You know, like, any of those kind of places, people will easily dismiss them for, uh, their as far as, like, the the cultural significance as being everyone who moves there versus, like, any homegrown talent. And that kind of, like, that's obviously there. There's people who are from L.A. who have, like, contributed. uh, Metallica, that's another band. You know what I mean? Red Hot Chili Peppers, right? Like, there's homegrown talent that that is like i guess um i hate to say like knows a place more so but like they've just been there longer so they they're it's just like more ingrained in, into their their i don't know their music maybe or whatever the case is yeah well and i so, think that like i don't mean to cut you off no no go ahead. i was just kind of rambling i, I, don't know.
1: I think that um like one of the, what, what LA does well is like they, they foster art really well. You know, um, if you're an artist, it's a good place to live. Like he, like he, I'm from Houston and there's so many good artists that are like, that are from the Houston area. Like, um, you know, Steele or even towns, but he was like more, I think South Houston, um, there's all these different artists that are from the Houston area, but they don't stay there, mm-hmm. you know? Um, cause Houston does not do a good job of like fostering the art. It's just not important to them. You know? Um, there's not, there's not very many good venues there. There has, you know, and the ones that kind of turn into cool spots, um, they don't last, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think LA does a really good job of, of, fostering that and and making it important um yeah that's just one of the things and I think that Houston is going in like a better direction recently like I've noticed that the, the the food scene is like amazing in Houston now um which is an art of course and you know they're starting to like um build better build cool venues down there um it's like white oak um um, Bucky Duck is another cool venue, you know. So, I hope it's sort of moving in that direction because I, you know, I would like to move back to Texas at some point, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, maybe I don't know Houston, Austin, whatever hill country, but yeah, look, I I hope Houston like continues on that trajectory. Yeah, you
0: know? yeah, yeah. That's I think like that's a great way to even kind of it's not like the end all as far as like judging a city or a place, but it's at least a sign as far as like what they're, do they have like an iconic venue? You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Right. right. And then as you mentioned, like the food scene, is there like a lot of, you know, local, you know, just good uh, restaurants and like um, chefs and, there's probably more shifts right. in in Houston there than there is in Lubbock, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. But anyways, yeah, um, so. yeah, going back to the record though, like one of the things that I I kind of it, it feels like you you were you've, you were doing this beforehand too, but is this like um I kind of get like the sense of some of these songs I feel like um. Brad Pitt's character on True Detective or not True Detective, but True Romance, like Floyd kind of like just the, the (laughs) slacker of smoking pot kind of like not necessarily being, I don't know, like, uh, super bothered by like the normalcy of like just, uh, the the nine to five. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there's a little bit of like that kind of vibe on, and that's, I think, I think, uh, that was a LA movie too. So I don't know if that's that's happening. Um, Is is that kind of like some of these characters you, you feel like they they're in that kind of groove as well?
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I I think there, I think there definitely is some of that on this record. Um, I think a lot of it is, you know, I started writing like more character based stuff, on the last record and that kind of helped me to, to take myself less seriously when I could sort of like write about characters on how I wish I was, or, you know, write about some, you know, write about like a guy that just went through a heartbreak, um, that kind of brushed it off his shoulders while I could never do that, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and almost like writing, writing characters that makes it easier for me to cope with situations. Um, and not only do I think, is it like, um, sort of brushing off the the nine to five and like my, my sort of issues with the nine to five. Um, I don't know if nine to five is the right word, but we'll, we'll use that. Um, but I kind of like wanted to poke a little bit at the music industry too. Um, you know, just sort of the, and I think I'm guilty of this too, but just like some of the, um, is ingenuous? No, that's not a word. Disingenuous. Uh, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Disingenuinity. Is that a word? That doesn't sound like a word um it's 2020 we can I'll, make uh, up words yeah well well, well, well I'll, I'll uh i'll call Webster after this and get it in there but the disingenuity of um of the music industry you know um you know whether it's you know the the last record i did i sort of got like labeled like outlaw this and that um and I'll be honest, like I sort of played into it a little bit. I like started like wearing the hat, um, you know, started, I'm not really sure what else I did. The hat is a good example though. You know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't wear hats. I still wear hats, but you kind of know what I mean by that. You know? Um, yeah. Like lean, I, I, lean into the, i I'd sort of like, yeah, I sort of leaned into it and, and like, you know, as I, I I sort of like just looked in the mirror and was like, well that's not that's not really me, you know. I, I don't really I don't really like being labeled that and and you know I'm sorta of being disingenuous to myself, you know. Um I'm starting to like lie to myself again. Um and I think a lot of what this record was was just sort of putting that behind me and finding not only finding my, myself again, but finding where I was right at that moment again, you know? Um, cause I, I, I'm, my life has been just like full of, full of trends, you know? Um, whether it's like when I was younger, like a hard, the hardcore screamo, emo thing, or like, I also went through like a church kid phase then i was a drug addict um then i was a folk singer then i was a uh outlaw country singer and i think that like i finally sort of am comfortable with where i am right now and sort of like kind of found me a little bit more um Mm -hmm. yeah i i I know i just went on a long ass rant about that but (laughs)
0: No, that's, that's um, I don't even think
1: I answered your question. But.
0: <laughs> no, no, I think that's really interesting about because, um, yeah, like for starters, like no one's really an outlaw in in music, you know? Yeah. Like it's, uh, and it, it, this all kind of relates to one of my big things about like what a, us as as fans and as writers, specifically for me, like what are we projecting on y'all as far as like as an artist because, um, yeah, you've written these songs, but that doesn't necessarily make them, you know, Johnny Cash wrote, he shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. That right. doesn't mean he feels that like, uh, or he is that. And so like, I think it's, it's easy to project those kind of what you sing in a song or what you, how you look on stage or like what you say in a interview and take it as, as you know, the gospel, if you will, and right, so right. like it, that's interesting. You're talking about like the, I guess like the hats we wear, right? Like the, um the, I guess like to borrow another pop cultural thing. There's a lot of cosplay in in music. Right, you know what I mean? Right. So that's it's it's interesting because I think a lot of times people, um it's easy to lean into that if if you're uncomfortable or if you're uh, hesitant or if you're you having an anxiety about like playing in front of people or or whatever the case right like it's it's really I don't know it's it's an interesting aspect of I guess um, you of people being songwriters and artists and um, right. what how, what we get out of out of people yeah I don't
1: I you know and I don't think like, I don't take issue with it. Um, you know, I think I think that a lot of people like sort of the cosplay of it, and I think that, you know, style and music kind of have gone hand in hand for a long time, but for me, it, it just kind of made me feel uncomfortable. Um, like, where, you know, I, I was, like, so worried about, you know, or not worried, but just, like, concerned with how, you know, I looked on stage or something like that. Um, given that, that didn't, like, last very long for me. Um, but I, I was able to, like, kind of catch myself pretty quick. But it's really easy to just, like, sort of fall victim to that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was another thing you said that I was going to touch on, but I can't remember now. Um,
0: the, uh, I don't know. I said johnny cash uh-huh. projection um songs <laughs> um, oh yeah the, yeah the
1: yeah like i said i like i'm like write like more i guess character based stuff now and you know my, my there's a song on the record called wicked woman and you know i don't think my girlfriend understands uh, that like all of this stuff is character based. And she's like, well, am I, am I the wicked woman? I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, you know, um, I'm like, no, no, no. Like this has nothing to do with you or me or, or anything. It's, it's, it's an observation, you know, it's a, it's a story. Um, which I think like, I mean, there's a lot of people that do that, but I think like little feet specifically, like did a really good job of, of like just kinda of writing about random shit, you know. <laughs> um, but it was like it's fresh, you know. And and it's not it's not necessarily random to them. Like it's it's something that like came to their mind. But they would like develop these cool characters. Lowell or, or Bill Payne or whoever would like to develop these cool characters and, you know, just dive into their lives. Um and it helps you to like it helps me at least like take myself less seriously and and uh, it's almost like the reality TV thing man it's like diving into a different reality than your own
0: I wanted to talk to y'all one more time about our new partners at Desert Door and offer up a handful of my favorite ways to drink it get you a Mexican Coca-Cola have a couple of swigs then pour yourself some Desert Door Oak aged in, toss in a lime wedge or two Or how about this? Pour some Desert Door into a mug, top off the glass with some ginger beer, squeeze in a lime, or for all you ranch water drinkers out there, get you a Topo Chico, take a couple of pulls off, and then pour in some Desert Door. Toss in a couple of lime wedges, and now you have a mighty tasty and refreshing ranch water. Remember, Soto is as versatile as vodka and has a more refined, smooth, And a more complex palette than tequila. It's rich and balanced, and and whatever your go-to drink is, it'll make it that much better. And again, it's inherently West Texas. It tastes like home. For more info on Desert Door, check our show notes. All right, that's it for Thomas Mooney's Cocktail Minute. Let's get back to the show. This is going to sound maybe like I'm, I'm not meaning this in like a mean way or anything like this, but obviously like. I think the more artists you know, or the more artists you meet, obviously there are these like really colorful and vibrant characters, but like sometimes like people are just boring. And so like, you know, yeah. it, it's like the, the die and, and just sometimes listening to like the diary entry records. Um, if you got like eight and eight of them in a row, you're like, okay, I kind of get this now. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I don't have to buy the next one. Um, but if it's all character based and it's like, you're just putting little, cause obviously like there's, there's aspects of you, your personality in a song. That's always going to be that a part of it. But sometimes the mechanism is a character or a, a place or a setting or whatever the case. And that, what that's what makes it so interesting. So like, I right, think like right. that's, but I, I find, yeah, that, I think okay.
1: that, I think that at some point I might like write another diary entry record, but, that's just not where i am you know well, i didn't mean to cut you off going anything
0: i was just going to say like i think it's really interesting interesting on the i guess for me what i kind of have gone to as as a journalist what i like to think of what i'm trying to do is um and, and this is like on two sides of the spectrum it's like trying to i guess find context for these songs and trying to um break down all the, the, the quote-unquote rock star aspects of, of who a person is, right? But then also mm-hmm. like, and, and talk about that in a very like specific kind of way of like these, you guys are just, at the end of the day, you're normal just like everyone else is. Um, but then also at the other side, talk about like why that's important and how like, but, yeah, that is actually like really fucking cool. And like what all this, the music industry, as far as like musicians and artists go, It's essential and it is important and it's, uh, you know, a pillar of our society and like all the epic and grand aspects, but also at the same time be like, you know, you guys are at the end of the day, like just us as well. Uh, Right. And so like, but it's, it's interesting because I think that other people, and and this is probably because I just think about this a lot more, um, other people don't necessarily probably have enough time or give a shit about this, but it's like, it's easy to like get confused on on a lot of these things as far as like projecting uh, on on an artist just because you know they're singing a a song about drinking doesn't mean they want you to buy 18 shots for for them at the end of the night or whatever the case you know
1: I mean there's some artists though that are like like I think fucking Coulter Wall is like he he is his music you know um there's some artists that just sort of like nail that and then there's I don't even know if nail that is a word, but it like he's just cool and his music is kinda of what he does. Like he's I see on Instagram he's he's like actively like ranching and um mm-hmm. you know going to fucking rodeos and shit. Um me, like I don't, you know, like I'm, uh, I fucking play video games and play guitar and listen to music and, um, you know, watch sports. So like, I think for me, it's just sort of like finding that place in my mind that's creative, Mm -hmm. um, rather than just like, I don't know, writing about what I'm, I mean, if I were to write about just strictly my experiences of this quarantine, it would be fucking boring, you know, it would be really fucking boring, man. Yeah. Um, so I have to use my imagination, you know, and I, that, that interests me a lot about people is, is where their imagination can really take
0: things, you know? Yeah. Well, two things on that one, like, and I've said this a, probably a billion times on here is like, um, people confuse like, or they think they're the same thing, genuine and being authentic and they're not the same thing. A little bit of authenticity goes a long way, but I think like the, the key to this, any kind of artistry is if you're genuine, it's not necessarily how authentic you are, uh, too, though, the, you, you, the imagination thing, like, were you like a daydreamer as a kid? Are you always constantly just kind of daydreaming in class or anything like that? Oh, yeah.
1: I'm, all, I'm always, even still, like, I just have trouble concentrating. I'm always kind of in left field, so to speak.
0: Yeah. Is, is, I feel like that's how I was, too. Like, I don't necessarily play music or anything, but I always feel like um, a lot of these artists, a lot of people we're talking with or I talk with, you know they they it was easy it's been it's it's easy to to daydream it's easy to just kind of like create your own world and and kind of get right. lost and like look out the window and just think about other shit versus the the algebra on the the whiteboard or whatever so
1: right 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 yeah and i I don't even know if I really want to go into all of this but like I think like taking. Taking psychedelic drugs too, like I I, I haven't in like ten years, but I feel like they they did a good thing for me. Like I feel like they like opened up a, a pocket of my mind that um maybe I like maybe I needed you know, and maybe I needed to I- expand that a little bit, and and also just like not not judge my thoughts so much you Mm know um let just kind of let them be like realize that those thoughts aren't aren't facts you know um and also just like take one thought and just let it sort of keep going you know just let it develop into like a a reality i guess you know um I don't mean to get like super existential and and weirdness, but, um, (laughs) yeah, I think uh, the imagination is, and like getting to hear about someone else's imagination is, uh, it's interesting to me, man. Um, and I'm not even saying I have the most interesting imagination, but like kind of tapping into that is fun to me. You know?
0: Yeah, no, I think like that's the, uh, the, Oh, like everyone, uh, the imagination, like the daydreaming thing, like just drifting off. I think that's a key to a lot of creative forces. Um, yeah. But then also like what you were just saying there, right there in a practical way of like when it comes to songwriting in a very practical way, like it's, it's beneficial of like not judging yourself too hard whenever you're trying to create, like you can always go back and, edit something. And oh, you know what I mean? I, there's a lot of times when people are writing, I think, especially early on you're, you're scared to say something, um, to even just write it down because like the fear of like, Oh, this is going to sound stupid. And right. like, yeah, you yeah. know, like the, uh, I guess like the editing process, um, bringing that t- too early in, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you kind of
1: separate it, you yeah. know, or at least have like an on off switch,
0: yeah. You know? Well, like, the I, there's probably too many people who edit in the moment versus just let it marinate for a while, just let it right go back, you know. So, that's uh, I guess like, it, it yeah, I goes think that's the, a
1: cool thing about like, um, just like sort of like free handwriting, too, mm-hmm. um, just not. Just writing whatever you're thinking, you know, and I've got some cool things for, I haven't really done it in a while, but for a while, there's, there's this book called The Artist's Way. Have you heard The Artist's Way? Um, I, I haven't uh, read it,
0: but like I've, I've heard a couple people mention it. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, it's, it's pretty like, I don't know. I've heard a lot of people talk about it, but it's uh one of the things that, well, the, the main thing that I took from it is um she asks that every morning when you wake up you just sort of freehand write for i forget what it is like 20 minutes or something like that or maybe it might be a certain amount of pages i would do time to like 15 20 minutes and and she's like you know don't let your hand stop you know just like verbal diarrhea not verbal because you're not talking, but, um, you know, just sort of diarrhea of the hand, I guess. Um, and it's good on not only to go back and revisit and maybe get some ideas out, but it, it also just sort of like cleans your mind out a little bit, you know, and maybe, maybe you can write something out and, and then you look at it later and you're like, wow, that's a stupid thought. Like, you know, um, why would I think that, or why that that thought process doesn't make sense? You know, um, that's a really cool thing. I would recommend like anyone doing it. Like I've, I've gone through phases of doing it, but, um, it is definitely valuable.
0: Yeah. The, uh, I guess like the first time I ever really saw any, anything like that was, and this is like a strange side story, but we, um, in high school we were watch or we were reading Catcher in the Rye, and like of course there is no uh movie or anything like that for for it. So and I guess like in our English class, we'd always watch the movie version of whatever book too. But since there was no movie, we watched Finding Forrester. Do you remember that movie? With like Sean oh Conner yeah, yeah, it? yeah, yeah. And like I guess like Sean Connery is it is kinda of like a recluse writer and he... Uh, takes this kid under his wing and they become buddies and ride and all that kind of shit. But one of the things he did was um, when he was writing, like I guess like starting out a story, he would just, uh, there's a scene where he puts the paper into the, the typewriter and just types away and like, doesn't like stop. And he's the, the kid was, is like telling him like um, he, he's trying to tell the kid, like just basically write this is your first draft. Don't worry about all the other stuff. And like, you know, you just have to, you have to write. And right. uh, it, it is very much that just free thought, like free thinking, just loose, go with whatever story it is that you're trying to tell yourself, especially in the, I guess, the context of that. Um, and later you can work out cause it, no one's going to like, no one is going to, um, like record no one's or, publish read it, or whatever <laughs> yeah like there's not like that first version that first draft is not what's going to be on the record or in the book or whatever right. the case so yeah it's it's uh i think there's a lot to to all of that
1: yeah no definitely man i mean i think it's a I think it's a cool exercise to do I mean,
0: yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I don't know i think it's uh it, it's just, I think like there's all those little things that a lot of artists don't want to talk about. And that's like one of them uh, Yeah, because it's like, uh, yeah, no man, I just wrote down. I just sat down and 20 minutes later here was stairway to heaven. And, uh, you know,
1: yeah, that's not me, man. <laughs> uh, you know, that's, and I'm also not the kind of like, I'm not, I've heard like Jason Isbell. He was like, to me, one of the best songwriters ever. Definitely. Mm hmm of our time. Um, and you know, I've heard him talk he's like very disciplined. Um, where like he writes every day or I don't remember his exact regimen, but, um, he's very disciplined. That's not, that's not me either. You know, I, I kind of have to be, I have to like keep my ears open, so to speak, you know? Um, and like some, I could be in the shower and, you know, hear a melody or, or think of a, think of a line or something. And I have to get out and, and, you know, put it in voice memos or, or, or jot it in my notes or something like that. Um, and the, the other thing that that exercise, that freehand exercise is good to do is, you know, get rid of some writer's block, which I do, I deal with all the time too. Yeah. Um. Which a lot of time, writer's block is just not being able to to have that on-off switch of like um, left brain and right brain, you know. Um, and that that exercise definitely can help with that, you know. Um, also, you know, something that I started doing just like a few years ago is like writing with people, which I I never really had a desire to do because riding was like super vulnerable for me
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but I think that it for me at least it, it didn't need to be you know and and part of like taking myself and my riding less seriously um was like riding with other people and and it, it, that's not to say I can ride with everybody but um riding with people that you feel comfortable enough to tell them when something sucks and vice versa. You know, I think that's a really important dynamic. Um, and to not like get your feelings hurt. Um, Right. But you're just trying to serve the song, you know? Um, yeah, I don't really know where I was going with that, but
0: (laughs) no, no, I think like the, the co-writing thing is, is always interested me because, you know, the, the, there's all these various ways of doing it. And I think, you know, it, it's there's the idea of it, like how it's done in Nashville, and like uh, there's this perception and idea that it's you know um, everyone's in lab coats or something, and uh, <laughs> and like you're just put plugging in words into a formula, and and um, I'm sure there is <laughs> there is probably a camp out there who does that, but like going to the, what you're talking about, like being sure. vulnerable in songwriting and and just allowing someone else to come into that world. And it goes back to that whole thing of, like, um, it's very easy to talk yourself out of, like, saying something in the fear of sounding stupid in front of someone and right. finding yeah. those people that you can connect with and, and not, where that doesn't even come into play is, is like, that's the key to it all, right? Um, Right. So, yeah. Obviously, like you've written with with Jamie Wyatt on this record, but then also, didn't you guys have a co-write on the the last one too? Right.
1: Um. Yeah. Uh, a little bit. I, she definitely sang on that song. Yeah. Um. Well, on the what was it the last record Skinny Elvis. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Well, like yeah, I've written with
1: other people. Yeah. Oh, go ahead.
0: Oh no, I was just gonna say like specifically with you know like Jamie. What is it like that you? uh that that i guess like what makes it work for y'all as far as like just being able um, to be comfortable
1: i think that we 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 have some uh we share a lot in common um you know um uh, we both kind of struggle with addiction and um just kind of struggle with with similar problems just having that like Rosarita, for instance, um, which is the song we wrote together on this record. Um, we definitely share the experience of, of having something that we know is bad for us. Um, but we just can't stop going back to it, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. and we turned, we turned that experience into a character who's Rosarita. Um, I, yeah, I think that's where we connect. Um, you know, other people like um, I do a lot of co-writing with Eric Korn, who um, co-produced the record, too. Um, and we have more of a relationship where we can just tell each other when something sucks, you know. Um, yeah, And that's just because we've, we've worked together for, a lot, a lot, um, for years now. Um, I wrote another one on this record with Ted Russell Camp, who you know has a bunch of his own records he plays bass with shooter um and yeah i don't know we just sort of clicked um well when we wrote the first time we wrote a couple songs on the last record too um he's just easy to write with man and and i read but i write very different songs with him than when i write with eric or jamie you know it's almost like when you're writing with different people, it, it also helps to bring a different perspective, not only to maybe the character, but just to the song in general,
0: you know? Yeah, well, obviously, like, there's there's this, there's going to be uh, a piece of them and a piece of you on it, and so, like, right, um, what I find really interesting too is the, um, and I've seen it like here in, um, I can probably think of a couple of examples, but the, the, one, the <clears throat> excuse me, the one that kind of comes to mind is uh, one of my buddies, William Clark Green. He, when he's, he's done a couple of co-writes, obviously with various people in one of his things was like, Oh, this idea was kind of um, something I thought like would work best with this person. And then this idea, like, right. I had this idea and I had been kind of working on it and I, then I, Needed to finish it up, and you know I was writing with blah blah, and I thought, oh yeah, this would actually be good for this person, and just kind of like matching like the the ideas, because like it's um, sometimes like that's just that's you know beneficial. Like if this person has more of a, um, I guess more knowledge on even a character or like an idea, like that's obviously beneficial.
1: right right yeah yeah and i mean not only that but like also style and music too Mm you know um yeah maybe maybe this character this this idea is you know maybe better for this person or maybe you know the the melody is better for this person who knows yeah i I definitely relate to that man he's a really good dude i i met him and uh I came to City or something. We played a show with him. He's yeah, I really like that dude.
0: Yeah, man, he's uh he's a a love it guy, so yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's uh hey, you guys should write together. Oh oh <laughs> um,
1: Yeah, that'd be cool, man. Yeah, I've been like trying to do some like Zoom writing sessions which suck, but um <laughs> it's it's what we got but like we we'll are writing a little bit with like <coughs> You know alex williams yeah. um uh just like an indianapolis guy um slash nashville one of those true i think he's one of those true great guys but i don't know me and him have just kind of become friends like online so we've been trying to do some zoom stuff and um yeah i've been the zoom thing just sucks man it's just really tough like um but again it's what we got and kind of where we are right now you know
0: yeah it was you know what's i think what's the thing with zoom um obviously this relates directly back to what we started on but like you know the the thing with zoom too is when it comes to songwriting there's just there's so many ways for for it to mess up as far as like the delay if there's a slight delay If it cuts out for a second, like, you just don't hear exactly what the person said. I mean, I think the main thing is like, you
1: can't play together. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, (laughs) It's a bummer, but you know,
0: it is what it is, man. You got to kind of adapt. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, man, you know, it's been really great talking with you and I really enjoy this new record here. So, uh,
1: thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Um, you know, I wish we were maybe sitting at Blue Light like the last time.
0: Yeah, but... yeah. That was... All right, that's it for this one. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out Sam Morrow's Getting By on Getting Down out this Friday, October 30th. Go check out our presenting partners over at Desert Door, the Blue Light Live, and Wild Gallery of Austin, Texas. And yeah, I'll see you all next week for more episodes of New Slang.